Hey there, everyone, and welcome to this next episode of In Process here with Redmond Presbyterian Church. My name is Austin Ashenbrenner, and I will be your host for this here little podcast. And today I want to invite us into a conversation uh, about a bunch of things. Church, an article I read recently, my weekend, um, and open mic night at the local restaurant. Uh, All of those things hopefully will come about uh, in our conversation today. And I want to start by saying my hope with this particular episode, what's on my mind right now, is something that might sound like I'm trying to stir the pot or, or, or say something a little, um, not controversial, but, you know, just trying to stoke uh, the fires a little bit. And I assure you as, as we go along, that's not my main intent. I do want to try to, uh, look at something that we take for granted from perhaps a different angle. I want to ask some questions together, but really I'm asking questions. I, this is not a podcast where I'm going to give you uh, the answers. So sorry. Uh, I have a few recommendations for podcasts if you're looking for answers. Uh, But hopefully uh, this will spur some interesting conversation or some good questions that we can ask together. All right. So with that, let's jump in. This past weekend, uh, I, I I don't know how your weekends go. Typically my weekend is uh, Friday and Saturday since my work week is Sunday through Thursday. And this past weekend, uh, my wife and daughter were out of town at a volleyball tournament. And so I was home with my son and my Friday was incredibly busy, like so busy. I had so many things to, to get through errands to run. I had to paint a wall in my house. I was doing a project for somebody else at their house. Um, As you all know, I like to bake bread. I was baking some bread. I was just juggling a lot of things. It was so busy. So then on Saturday, I woke up and and my my only goal was to do nothing. I explained this to my wife on the phone when she and I were talking that morning and she laughed at me and said, yeah, that'll probably last till about 10 a.m., which uh, she knows me is true. I, I have a complicated relationship with being busy or not busy. When I'm busy, I I crave doing nothing. When I'm doing nothing, I crave uh, activity. I'm sure this is one of the many things that is uh, wrong with me. But but it made me start thinking about this idea that uh, busy is really kind of the baseline for so many of us, right? That, That my experience on Friday, we we go, go, go. Even on the weekends, we chase our kids around during the week. We're busy with work. Um, I was thinking about recently, I've spoken with several folks who are uh, either longtime retired or newly retired. And I, I find it comical that um, even in, re- well, especially in retirement, people will often tell me I'm busier than I've ever been. Uh, you know, I used to spend all this time at work and now I'm not working and yet my schedule is full of activities and spending time with grandkids and, and doing all sorts of wonderful things. So again, thinking about busy and knowing that this is common for so many of us. And as a pastor, I think about the context of busy as it relates to church and how for many of us, um, church, while we would like for it to be a, a respite from busyness or a break from all that, can often be one more thing on a on an already packed schedule. 
And because of the shifting realities of our world today, oftentimes committing more than one to two hours at the most to participate in things going on around our church, organized activities, can be challenging. And there's lots of reasons for this. Some of them are significant and and geographical. For example, we don't all live near the churches we attend like perhaps we once did a generation ago. And so that idea of driving 20, sometimes 30, 40 minutes to, to go back to a church Bible study in the evening or meet up for a thing on Saturday isn't as tenable as it was when we were, say, five minutes down the road or, or a two-minute walk or something like that. It's also because, objectively speaking, we are a lot busier today than we've been in the past. Um, this isn't just something that feels like we're busy. This is Dr. Andrew Root will talk a lot about the the speeding up nature of modernity and how uh, as as we become hyper modern people with technology at our fingertips, in order to keep pace with all of that uh, advancement and all of that, you know, learning and growing and growth, we our lives speed up. We have to speed up to to keep up with with the demand. And so we're busy people. So we're busy. Um, we're stressed out. There's a lot on our plates. And so enter into all of that an article that I read this past week by uh, a theologian by the name of John Stott. This is on the uh, online article on plow.com. And Stott is talking about uh, neighborhood, neighbor love or evangelism is kind of the, the big churchy word. And he says these things. He says, God created the human person who is my neighbor as a, as a body, soul in community. Therefore, if we love our neighbors as God made them, we must inevitably be concerned for their total welfare, the good of their soul, their body, and their community. Moreover, it is the vision of the human person as a social being that obliges us to add a political dimension to our social concern. Humanitarian activity cares for the ca- casualties of a sick society. We should be concerned with preventative medicine or community health as well, which means the quest for better social structures in in which peace, dignity, freedom, and justice are secured for all. And there's no reason why in pursuing this quest, we should not join hands with all people of goodwill, even if they are not Christians. Okay. So Stott is wanting to paint a picture of what it means for us to love our neighbor in this holistic sense, right? To care for body, soul, and mind, and our community structures, and the politics that govern them, and all of it. And this is where I'm going to confess to you a little bit of my own unhealthy reaction to reading this passage or or this article. And that is, again, as a pastor, I, I filter this through my lens of, oh my gosh, he's calling the church, that's that's me and, and church leaders, to do all of these things. He's calling us to now plan all of this. And so I'm thinking to myself, how in the world can our little church here in Redmond, Washington, do all of this? How can we you know, be concerned for the mental health of our neighbors as well as the, the politics that govern the, the housing policies? And, and how can, in the midst of all of that, we teach Bible classes and, and lead worship on Sunday mornings? How's that possible, right? It seems too much. And again, I'll, I'll own the fact that that's my unhealthy response because that's not 
what John Stott is saying. He's not saying that the church has to now come up with a hundred programs to meet all these things. And that's where I want to take us a little bit more in this conversation. I think we all have that interesting push and pull with our relationship with our, our church. If you're a part of a church, if you're listening to this as a Redmond Presbyterian church member, uh, or if you're coming to this from uh, somewhere outside of the church, um, oftentimes we look at our churches today and, and, and we hope for things from them, right? That our churches would provide uh, small groups or educational classes for adults and for children, for youth, that there would be activities for young people as well as old and intergenerational activities, that there'd be seasonal activities like things to do at Christmas and and Easter together, that our churches would be missionally focused, meaning that they would be present and active in the community, meeting physical needs, and that they would do important things around the world. These are things we we look for from our churches and we, we hope for. And I want to be really careful to say this clearly. All of these things are wonderful. All of them are, are great. If, if we can do it, if we can pull it off, if we can do it well, um, more power to us. I mean, it's, it's the good work in many cases that Christ invites us into. But here's the question that has been bouncing around in my mind since I kind of reacted to that John Stott article and thought, how? How can, how can we do that? What, what would that look like? started thinking about this question. What if the church, as we know it, and I'm talking institutionally, what if the church did less? What if we worshiped? Certainly that's core to who we are, but we began to understand our role as the body of Christ, the the capital C church, our role as disciples a bit differently. And I guess what I'm asking by that is I wonder if we have done ourselves a disservice over the past couple hundred years by beginning to think that our our churches are the central hub to everything involved in our, our spiritual lives or our lives as disciples. Namely, that this church structure, this institution that usually is now staffed with people like myself, need to plan these things, these events, these classes, these opportunities to gather. I wonder what happens if some of that starts to be de-emphasized. What if we saw the church as, let's say, Sunday morning worship as the beginning of our launch into the world and our discipleship rather than kind of the be-all, end-all or the end of what we're doing? Now, to be clear, I'm not trying to start a, uh, a debate about the great ends of the church. We could certainly go down that rabbit hole. We could certainly talk plenty about what is the church for? What, is it, what does it do? One of my arguments would be that the church is the, the gathered uh, body of, of believers who, who gather in worship uh, to, to open scriptures and to proclaim God's word and to then respond to that with their lives. And so my question again, which like I said at the beginning is meant to stir the pot a little bit, but, but not to be flippant is if the church did less, meaning 
fewer social activities and, and fewer planned activities, but really focused on that idea of, of worship and sending, would perhaps that allow for more from God's people? So if, you, if you're tracking with my question, it's not that I think we as Christians, we as followers of Christ should do less stuff. I certainly think we should be concerned with the welfare of our neighbors, with our community, with uh, the, the, the social structures and policies that, that govern them, uh, whether or not our next door neighbor has enough to eat and, and provide for their, their kids, whether or not uh, people know uh, the, the love of Christ and, and we get to learn those things, all of it. I want all of it. I think it's all important. But if the church stepped out of the center of that hub of, of providing those activities and planning those things, I wonder what happens. I wonder if the people of the church begin to have time freed up to do those things together in a way that perhaps is more organic or responsive to what God is doing in their midst. So when I think about that sometimes as a pastor of a, a, a church with a bunch of people who are busy with work and kids and grandkids and, and all sorts of things going on in their life, I, I often admit to myself, I have no idea what's going on in, in certain people's lives or in their contexts or in their work, and but I know they do. And so who would be better to figure out what, how to respond to what God is doing in, in, in their neighborhood or their community or, or their school than them. And, and that's where I always find this tension of, gosh, I want to empower that as opposed to putting something else on the calendar and saying, come, come to this thing that I've planned. That's the tension that I live with sometimes and think my way through. And I wonder what you think about that. Do you think that we as the church would find new ways and new opportunities to respond to God's leading, or, or do you think things would fall flat? The vision I have in my head of this idea of perhaps the church being less central to uh, this planning process is uh, an open mic night that I attended recently at, at a restaurant in, in the town I live in. And it was great. It was a lot of fun. And during this open mic night, there were a variety of different musicians. There was some poetry readers and um, uh, an author who read something from a book that they had written. All sorts of different talents and skills. All of them were welcomed. All of them were celebrated. And all of it towards this common goal of being together on this evening and, and, and sharing these gifts. I don't think that's necessarily the perfect picture of church per se, but it, it did get me thinking about what happens when we uh, simply provide the space and allow people to, to bring their own uh, selves to this process, their whole self as well. So there you go. That's my question. What, what happens? What would that look like? I don't have any big plans. I'm not planning to reformat the church next week. If you're uh, worried about me uh, going crazy or anything, don't don't be too worried. But I do think this question is worth uh, worth our, our attention and worth thinking about what might it look like for us uh, to follow Christ in our neighborhoods, in our communities, um, and what might it look like to to allow 
to have the church be a place that empowers that as opposed to a place that that busies us up with with other things going on in our lives okay any thoughts you have i would love to hear them uh if you want to be a part of this conversation you can certainly add comments in the comment section join us in church on sunday mornings or shoot me an email i hope you're all doing well i really do Uh, i hope your day is not too busy and uh and that you might enjoy the fullness of god's goodness wherever you are this day Be well and have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.